With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the best hours of your sports week. This is another edition of Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle. We want to thank you again for checking us out. Uh, If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. Uh, You can check us out weekly. Uh, Make sure that you follow us on all the social media. Uh, We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Dead End Sports. Uh, Make sure that you subscribe to our YouTube page. Uh, We got a ton of content on on there, videos and a whole nine. YouTube.com backs Dead End Sports. Once again, I am your host, 12 Kyle. And uh, of course, I will not be doing this show alone to this week's podcast. I'm going to be joined by my homies, my man, BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's good? What's good, Kyle? Chilling, chilling, man. Just ready to get it cracking, man. And uh, the homie Ken. Ken, what's going on, man? What up? What up? What up? Um, All right, fellas. Here we go. Dead End Sports hmm. back again. Uh, it's the Super Bowl preview. Um. We got Super Bowl 51 coming up this upcoming Sunday. Uh, it's going to be live from Houston, Texas. Uh, and we're looking at the New England Patriots squaring off against the Atlanta Falcons in Super Bowl 51. Um, a lot of stuff has been said. Uh, come Sunday at 6.32, I think, when Toe meets leather, there will be no more talking. Okay, Bill Belichick, if you're lit, kind of like the dead end, like like dead in hip hop. If you're watching Bill Belichick, if you're listening, and we know he listens to the podcast. If <laughs> Bill Belichick is listening, BZ, tell him what they're gonna have to do for the Patriots to win this game. <laughs> if Bill Belichick is listening, <laughs> like he's gonna listen to me talk football about what he's been doing for the past. Of course, he's a fan. Right. Um, <laughs> he should. What do you need to do to stop the Atlanta Falcons? Ooh, man. Um, I don't even know, man, because my thing is how how how, they, how are they going to stop Atlanta Falcons? Um, I mean, I guess put pressure on Matt, man. You can't give Matt any time because Matt has proven throughout these playoffs. And, hell, pretty much the second half of this NFL season, man, you give him five seconds or more, he's going to pick you apart, and he's going to score on every possession every drive he's going he's going to race you to he's going to race you to 48 points if you give him more than five seconds in that pocket man he's going he's going to find so, someone's going to get open he's going to find them and they gonna keep moving the chain so i would say you know if he can find some blueprint on some early games on how to how to how to kind of rattle matt ryan and get and get him get him you know flustered a little bit yeah just put pressure on him man because i mean he's he is clearly the engine the heart Everything that goes for this Atlanta offense, man. So I, you can't really say shut down Devontae or mm-hmm. shut down Julio or shut, you know what I'm saying? Because Matthew, Ry- Ma- Matthew Matt Ryan proved, <laughs> <laughs> he's proven over time, hell, games, 
Julio Jones went through like a, a five, six game stretch where, you know, his, his best games was like 35 yards and they still won. So, yeah, you have to find ways to hit, put Matt Ryan on his ass and, and just put pressure on him. Do not give him time. Don't get, do soon as he hiked the ball, Matt Ryan should be running or hurry throwing the ball out of bounds for his ass, you know, because. He, he, Bill Belichick got to get those guys in there, man. If, he, if that defensive line can be disciplined and he can blitz and, and make Matt Ryan give up quick, give up that ball quick and not give him time, I think I think they have a shot. But that's pretty much it. That's all I got for the Patriots. <laughs> hey, Ken, what about you, man? If Bill, Bill Belichick, you know, at the time of this recording, uh, Super Bowl week, we, so we know he's not out partying, but he's, he's, he's listening to the podcast. If Bill Belichick is listening, what advice would you give him on stopping these Atlanta Falcons for them, uh, for the Patriots to win and Bill Belichick to win his fifth uh, Super Bowl ring? For the Patriots. So for what the Patriots need to do to win the Super Bowl is to just do what they've always done, um, and and they know what that is, man. They they um they run the ball and they throw quick screens and they get yards after the catch, and they turn people over because typically the opponents start to panic. Um, so I think they just come out there and just follow Brady's lead, and they'll be fine. Belichick, we already know, is going to have a game plan, and they're going to follow the game plan to the T. And um, Deion Lewis, use him because the Falcons won't have a lot of people that can cover him in one-on-one situation. So uh, make sure you use him. You also got James White you can use. And you got the power game if you get by the goal line. But just walk the ball down the field like you guys have always done. Uh, Take your shots like you always do because at some point, we know this Falcons defense isn't the best. So at some point, maybe nerves are set in. Maybe somebody will try to be a hero, but somebody will get caught slipping and take a shot. And next thing you know, Chris Hogan running down the field for a score, <laughs> and everybody's looking at how do you do that? Yeah, nerves are set. It's the Super Bowl. You guys have been here before. They haven't. So rely on that experience. And your odds are in your favor, and you should win win the Super Bowl. That and still in Kyle Shanahan's uh, playbook <laughs> uh, during media day. Pick your poison. And adjust at halftime. Okay. That, that's I'm gonna try to keep it as simple as possible. Mainly because, like I said last week, Atlanta just has to me too many weapons to try to take every single thing away. Thing is, you can't really take Julio away. So, and I was and look, you know, I, I was watching sports talk show this morning. I was uh, listening to Donovan McNabb, uh, Shannon Sharp, a whole bunch of people, and and they all made great points. And the thing I think that. Bill Belichick just based off of his past, he's gonna try to take away the run game and make you and make the Falcons beat them with solely the pass. Take away the run, make the Falcons beat them with the pass. So to me, if that's gonna be the blueprint, stick with that and then make that adjustment at halftime. Because you know the Falcons are going to find something good to do. Then you try to take that away as well while still maintaining that original game plan. I, I think if Belichick keeps it simple, they could they, – they, you know, I, I'm not picking them to win, but that's what I, that's the advice I would give. Uh, Bill Belichick, if you're listening, and I'm sure that you are, uh, I think the thing that you have to do uh, against the Falcons is you have to be successful running the ball. Um not a lot of teams have, I think the Falcons are giving up right at 100 yards um, rushing. 
I think with the combination of LeGarrette Blunt and uh, Deion Lewis, I think you have to mix it up, but you got to keep it on the ground and you've got to um, you've got to turn third downs. That's a key down. Uh, I think the Falcons are middle of the pack as far as getting off the field on third downs. Um, but they're going you, you the Patriots are going to have to make a lot of third downs, convert a lot of third downs, because what ultimately what you want to do is. Bill Belichick, you want to win the time of possession. If you win the time of possession, you're probably going to win this game. Uh, you have to, because this offense is so explosive, and we'll talk about Atlanta in just a second, but this offense, offense is so explosive, I think your best defense is to keep Tom Brady and those guys on the field as long as possible. If you can have seven, eight, nine-minute, 80-yard drives, that you know when you and you end up converting those into touchdowns because uh, you're gonna have to score points. I mean, I think that's that's a given right there. You you are going to have to score points to win, Bill Belichick. And I think the other thing is uh, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to force Matt Ryan and those guys into turnovers. You're gonna they haven't turned the ball over. I think in like five or six weeks. Um, so you're gonna have to force a turnover or two. And uh, another thing you gotta get. Uh, Atlanta, and it hasn't been talked about, and I, and I only know this because I'm a Falcons fan, but they have been a little bit suspect in the kick return game. Uh, I think we saw Deion Lewis take one back uh, a couple of weeks ago in the playoffs. Uh, I think if you can, you know, break one either for a touchdown or, you know, set yourself up in, in short field position, you know, with some good returns, I think that'll help. But you're going to have to be sound in the, in the kick return game. I think that's where Atlanta's a little bit vulnerable special teams wise. So that's what you're going to need to do to defeat the Falcons, Bill Belichick. If you don't do those things, uh, you're going to have uh, a sad face, <laughs> sad face, and you'll be gone fishing uh, at about 1030 uh, Sunday night. Uh, now, conversely, we flip it over. Um, let's talk about the Falcons real quick. We're talking to Dan Quinn now. B, if you're talking to Dan Quinn, um, how are you going to what would you tell him that they need to do uh, to defeat the Patriots? Uh, Dan Quinn, if you're listening to this, please watch. And I think I said this before. I think I said this to Ken. Watch the video. Watch the game footage of the Houston, Texas and Patriots game. I truly believe the Texans laid out defensively the blueprint to to contain uh, New England Patriots offensively. Um, just it was just the bad thing about the Texans is that they had Brock Osweiler, you know. Um, so if they would have had a, either a small ounce of offense, they uh, we wouldn't be talking about the Patriots in the Super Bowl right now. Um, so Dan Quinn, that's all I have to say. Watch the Texans laid out the perfect blueprint to defeat them. Please watch that game tape. I'm pretty sure if the defensive coordinators and everyone is smart enough, they are looking at. It game footage from that from that from that particular game i mean the footage from that game because that is the blueprint right there um i'm you know i've always been iffy on you guys defense <laughs> you know i still think patriots can still score on you guys you know granted unless y'all just be on some on some mean hitting like y'all was against green bay again um mm -hmm. but other than that I, I see tom brady still can score some points against that defense so I'm really just focusing on you guys' offense to, to really outscore them and, and to score more touchdowns than they do. Um, but, yes, it, um, please, 
Watch that blueprint, Dan Quinn, uh, of the Texans game. They showed it. Just watch it. Study it. Study it and study it. And I think you guys will be victorious in, in getting your the history. First franchise, first Super Bowl in franchise history, man. I think I think y'all can do it. Dan Quinn, you want to be Patriots. You want to be Bill and Belly. I mean, Brady and you want to be Brady and Belly. Been there seven times. They're like the LeBron James of the NFL. Uh, they know what it takes, man. This is your first time. Um, how do you beat the Patriots? How do you win the Super Bowl? Well, B already said, and I completely agree with what he said, pressure on Brady. Um, that's how the Giants won, and that's what you need to do. Vic Beasley got to be a monster, an absolute monster. Um, you got to be disciplined on defense. You got to do your job. Trust your teammates. Don't bite on the play action because the play action is coming. Do your job and you'll be fine on defense. You're not going to stop them, so be okay with that. Because the other thing you have to do is you have to score, score, score. Turn this into a shootout and use all of your weapons. Don't become one-dimensional and rely on Julio. And that's what you guys have done all season. Which leads me to my other point. Be who you are. Don't try to be somebody you're not. Um, get off the field on third down. Uh, Matt Ryan has to be Tom Brady-like. If you want to beat Brady, be Brady. And believe you can win. I think you guys really believe you can win. But you have to show it on the field. So don't step on the on, on the court. I mean on the football field and, and the first possession. You, you, the center throw the football over over uh, Matt Ryan's head. We've seen how that play out. So stay composed, get pressure, take advantage of your opportunities, and make big plays. Put the pressure on the Patriots, and that's how you can beat the the Patriots in the Super Bowl. That's what you need to do to win. Now for the Falcons, hey Amen. Just score. Just, just do what you've been doing all season long. It has been working. They're one of the historically great all-time offenses. Just keep doing what you do. I've always said a championship team does not need to change what they do for them to win. They must make the other team adjust to them. And in this case, that's the reason why I picked the Falcons to win. And I think Devontae Freeman said it best. He said, uh, we, 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 know what, we know what the play call is. Like, we know what the game plan is. It hasn't changed. And it shouldn't mm. because you are a great team. You do what you do. You're going to have to pick the poison. What you're going to do is try to stop two running backs, two explosive running backs on the ground and or through the air, a, 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 a wide receiver trio out here headed by Julio Jones, which is one of the most physically gifted wide receivers. Man, look, just keep doing what you do, and they'll win the game. Oh, man. Um, Dan Quinn, if you're listening, a uh, couple of things that you need to do, and I agree with Ken, um, be who you are. You know, Do what you've been doing up until this point. Uh, don't change anything. A couple of things has to happen for the Falcons to win. Uh, Matt Ryan is more than likely, as we've been told, is going to win the MVP prior to uh, the prior to, to, to this Sunday's game. Um, he's got to play like an MVP. Um, he's got to be flawless. 
He's got to be careful with the football. He's got to, you know, take his shots downfield when he sees it. He's got to find that guy wearing number 11. They're going to be doubling just like he's been all year. And if it's not there, uh, you know, hit your check downs to the backside of the backfield. One on one. These guys are a nightmare in, in open field um, against linebackers and corners. Um, so that's one thing. He's got to play like MVP. Uh, the Falcons have to start fast. Uh, that's been the common denominator probably for the last six, seven weeks is that they've gotten off to a fast start. There's nothing more de- demoralizing to have a offense drive the ball down the field on you. And I've watched this team all season long. And I remember at least on three or four occasions where they took the ball 95 yards or better drives. I mean, that is, there's nothing more demoralizing to a defense is to have a team backed up on the two-yard line or, God forbid, the one-yard line, and they drive the ball down the field and score on you. Um, so, yeah, they got to get off to a fast start. Uh, don't panic if the Patriots drive <laughs> get the ball first and drive the ball down the field on you because I, too, have seen that happen against this defense. But honestly, fellas, the defense, when that's happened over through, throughout the course of this season, the defense has managed to settle down after uh, a drive or two. So if you see Brady on his first two drives, take his team down and score and they go up and they score 14 points. And let's say the Falcons have seven. No need to panic. This defense will eventually settle into what it is that they're doing. But the Falcons need to start off fast. Um, Ken, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has to call a great game. He has called a great game um, for most of this season. There's, there's only one or two games where I think we really question some of the play calling that he had. But for the most part, he's been on point with his his play calling, his matchups. And um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how he he prepares. And, you know, in, it, in spite of having his uh, playbook stolen by Bill Belichick, uh, how much, you know, they're going to do as far as matching wits. It's, it's like a game of chess, man. I'm looking forward to that as well. Um, and obviously he's probably going to accept the 49er head job. So uh, this is going to be his last game as a Falcon, coaching with the Falcons, the last game as an assistant for now. Um, so I'm interested to see how his preparation and what he's going to bring to the table. Um, the next point, I think Dan Quinn needs to go back and look at not only how he was, because keep in mind, Dan Quinn was the defensive coordinator for the Seahawks uh, for two years uh, when they won a Super Bowl and then they lost when Pete Carroll decided to throw a damn pass at the one yard line. Uh, so Dan Quinn and, and his defense was very successful against that Patriot offense uh, in that game. So go back and look at that film if you haven't done so already. Also, make sure. And one thing I did earlier this week, fellas, I looked at the common opponents that the Falcons and the uh, and the Patriots have. Now, they both played the AFC West. And, you know, they ran, they had wins. But the game that stands out to me is that the Patriots played the Seahawks in week 10 and lost. And Brady didn't necessarily put up Brady like numbers. They didn't look good offensively. And we just saw what the Falcons did to uh, the Seahawks. I think you should be able to take some things from that as well. So you got to learn from the Seahawks of the past and also learn from the Seahawks uh, earlier this season. And then the final point. As I mentioned, you know, they got to be sound in the kicking game. Uh, You know, a game is three phases, offense, defense, special teams. Uh, We've seen the Falcons struggle. I've seen the Falcons struggle as far as uh, with it, with holding back on kick returns, because um, 
who was that? Devin Hester for the Seahawks. Devin Hester almost broke like two or three of them. In fact, he had one, I think, called back for a touchdown, um, almost a touchdown. So um, I think that's going to be key really for for them to 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 be successful. Um, but if I think if they if they stick to those points and you play your game, I think the Falcons should come out victorious. Before we get into our predictions, man, uh, we, we had someone ask this question, so I want to throw it out to you guys. Um, the question was, do the Patriots run the NFL? Do you think they run the NFL? All right, B. All right, B, wait. So what? What think about this, man. Because uh, it sounds crazy, but think about it. Last, what, 15 years, 11 AFC champ appearances, seven Super Bowls, and... And what do people do every single year, it feels like? Pick the Patriots to win the Super Bowl. What do you think? Oh, no, I mean, look, you don't have to tell me. I I, I know. I mean, because I think the same argument you can say for the New England Patriots, you can almost say for – remember we were saying that for San Antonio when Tim Duncan retired because we were saying, like, man, look at all the bodies – Tim Duncan got, he still was winning in the Kobe and LeBron era. And, you know, since 99, Spurs has been like this consistent team. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of look at it as the Patriots is like the Spurs of the NFL. Like every, except the only difference with the Spurs, we never say, we never really pick them to win every year. They just always right. sneak up behind. You know, they always come through the radar. And then next thing you know, oh, here they are in the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. Or where the New England, like you said, Ken, uh, they're always like there, like you. You always picking them, and, it, and you know, and like I said, what was that? A couple weeks ago, they forced it to be in a not so super tough division in the AFC East, you know. So that's that's another bumping them to help them. Um, but yeah, you're right. Like every year, Patriots are always like you. You gotta count them in there as far as either making it to the a division game, AFC Championship game, or possibly Super Bowl every single year. With Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, as long as they're healthy, and long as if if they're if Bill Belichick coaching, we never count him out. So I mean, in, in a sense, you can say that they are running an NFL because when when teams play, they're they are going after them. They, they you know teams are like, look how how are the Patriots going, how are we gonna beat them so they won't be in it again. I don't want to see, and they're most hated. Sometimes being the most hated, besides the Cowboys, I think they're probably the one of the most hated teams in the NFL. So. Mm-hmm. Sometimes being the most hated, that's also a sign that you're good as well, unlike the Dallas Cowboys, which they haven't really been to the finals <laughs> like that since the 90s. But Patriots, on the other hand, you can hate the Patriots, but guess what? They're going to always be in there, man. Like, they're going to always be. And, you know, that's tough for football. You know, we're talking about football. We're talking about a sport that's mm-hmm. every year something's changing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you, you know, every year you're going to have – and I've said this a million times. You can have a dream season one year, a nightmare season the next year, vice versa. Every time, where in the NBA, you you pretty much you, you keep a core group of guys that's winning. They're gonna kind of be in the in the hunt every year. Where NFL, you injuries. I mean, injuries can change an entire season every single year. And for the Patriots, for the past fifteen years, almost going on twenty, for them to still be as consistent as they are, you you can. I mean, as much I know people who, if you hate them or love them, you still like. I hated the Bulls in the '90s, but guess what? I respected the hell out of them. I knew each year, you know, with Jordan leading that squad, they was gonna be a problem. So you know, you, you don't you can hate them or love them, 
you're gonna have to respect the Patriots, and I and I respect what my own two eyes have been seeing with these guys, what that organization has been doing for the past 15 years. So you know, you can. I don't have an issue with them. I may not like it, Ken, but I don't have an issue <laughs> with that. With someone saying, "Hey, the Patriots is running, been running NFL because you know they have teams are kind of." making sure they get that blueprint to surpass them every time. That's the team that, that most teams are aiming for besides the team that probably won a previous Super Bowl. You know, other than that, it's the Patriots, man. Let's knock the Patriots out. Let's stick it to Bill Belichick and them every year. I have an issue with it. You know why, B? You know why I have an issue with somebody saying, man, the Patriots run the NFL. And oh, yeah, have been for the Because it's hard for me to refute it. You know that, what that's what I'm saying. You, you, can, you can hate it. But you, you it, I mean, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's so, and so, so when I when I heard it, I I couldn't deny it. Like we could come yep. up with the reasons yep. why, but we saw when Brady went out eleven to five. They didn't make the playoffs, but they were still eleven to five. That's hard to do, especially with the quote unquote greatest quarterback of all time. Like it's gotten to the point with the Patriots to where. I can't, like, I still, like you said, I, I, I don't like it. I don't like them. I don't like, you know, I don't I don't care for the Patriots. And it has nothing to do with them winning all the time. But it has to do with the cheating. <laughs> it has to do with this, this, this arrogance and the fact that they got away with the cheating. And I think that's what did it. Like, Spygate just did it for me because they got away with, Something they never should have gotten away with and, and just destroyed the evidence. So for me, they're going to always have an asterisk beside them. But the fact of the matter is that every single year we can pencil them in. The Patriots will be picked to go to the Super Bowl every single year. And, and whether they get there or not, it doesn't matter. We're talking about the public perception of, of, of the Patriots and the NFL. And every single year, you look at it, you be like, "Damn, man! Like, who's gonna be able to beat them in the AFC?" We can look in the NFC and pick some people to beat them, but it's been a revolving door in the NFC. But in the AFC, it's the Patriots, and somebody else may get lucky and beat them, or just have a better team and beat them, or it just may not have been the, been their day. But when I heard it, I was like, "Damn, man! Like, that's not." a statement that's that far off. Like for the last, let's just say 10 years, they've been running the freaking NFL. They're the team that everybody admires, the team that everybody wants to be. They're the team that everybody talks about. And that's like, it's, they just dominate every single thing when it comes to the NFL. They have become uh, 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 one of those name brand franchises in the likes of the Steelers, the Cowboys, the Packers, and they have basically created a, a, a dynasty. You you made a good point. Like in the NFL, that doesn't really happen like that. The Cowboys had a three year run, right? The Buffalo Bills had a four year run. <laughs> These dudes are still out here doing the same thing different ways every year. And it gets on my damn nerves. I can't wait until Brady retires. I can't wait. <laughs> I'm going to have a party. <laughs> you know what, what, Ken? Like, that's the reason why. 
It's Tom Brady. Tom Brady has played in the most Super Bowls out of any NFL player ever in seven. He's played the most playoff games out of any player ever in 33. So so Brady has really been the reason why for this dynasty. Obviously, Bill Belichick is a big time, big time, arguably the greatest coach ever. But his success is there's a reason why it's tied to Brady's success. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, What's you're up? right. Real, real quick, Brady's record as a starter is 183 and 52. Wow, mm. wow, that's amazing. See, see, and, and the thing is, he could be really good, but Belichick made him into that. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And and then the crate isn't it so crazy that this guy was the last draft pick? You we're talking about the greatest quarterback ever being the last person taken in the draft. Like, like, how does that happen? Yeah, and, and I mean, like, all you have to do is go back and look and, and remember. Like, I remember Brady at Michigan. He was average at best. I mean, like, so there was no there was no combine numbers that jumped off the screen at you or anything like that. And he, his highlight tapes weren't that great or anything like that. But that goes to show you, you know, being in the right system and then being great. Because I, I won't deny the fact that, Brady is great. I won't deny the fact that Bill, Bill Belichick in this particular system, um, in this franchise, is great. Uh, I, I, it's funny because I was having a conversation with my uncle just the other day, and my uncle played under Bill Belichick when he was with the Giants. He was his defensive coordinator. Uh, my uncle played for the Giants. His name is Harry Carson. He's a pro football Hall of Famer. And he was telling me one of the funniest things. Like He was sitting there. We were, He came to my house. We were talking. And he was sharing these stories about how funny Bill Belichick was. And I'm like, I can't picture Bill Belichick being funny at all. And he said, like, but and I said, well, tell me something about Bill Belichick that, you know, make what makes him so great. He said is that he said he always made sure that we were prepared. He said he knows everything about every certain situation. He said the Patriots will not come into the Super Bowl being unprepared. He said, you'll he said you'll never out coach him. And I think that was one of the things that stood out to me about the conversation about Belichick was that, um, you know, that he 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 will make sure that his guys will always prepare. Now, you know, my uncle was a Hall of Famer. He had Lawrence Taylor on one side of him. He had Carl Banks on the other side. So now he had great talent with the Giants. And then uh, obviously Bill Parcells was their head coach. So there was a reason why he was a successful defensive coordinator. But really to get that side of him and to, you know, get personal stories about Bill Belichick kind of made me see in a different light with that being said I think Brady I think Belichick is just as important if not more important than Brady because Belichick is a straw that stirs the drink he's the guy who says okay we're going to bring Corey Dillon we're going to bring in a Randy Moss we'll get rid of a Randy Moss we're going to bring in a a Troy Brown and we're going to move him from wide receiver to cornerback and you know and and he's and this team has been successful for the better part of, like Ken said, for the better part of this decade. And they, other than Brady, they really don't have like household names. There's no other than the year that they had Moss or two years that they had Moss. There were no superstars on this team. So I give that credit to Belichick more so than Brady. Um, getting back to the question, do they run the NFL? No, they don't run the NFL. I think that they've had a great run. And I think, it, we're going to be hard pressed when this run does end at some point. We're going to be hard pressed to find this and see this happen again because of free agency and things of that nature. 
But I think it's to be, you know, regardless whether or not you like the Patriots or not, and I don't like the Patriots, but the majority of my life, the Patriots sucked. So <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind when this run is over, they're going to suck again. And it may be another 20 years before they're back on top. But this era or this block of time, I mean, they've definitely had their run, but I don't think they run the NFL. I don't know, Kyle. I agree with you, Kyle. What? Because it, it's 11 AFC but, championships, Ken, seven but Super Bowls? Ken, look, look at who's in the AFC, Ken. Look, and, it's, and, and again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm hating on them because I give them the respect that they've earned. But I mean, dog, you're in a you're in a division with the Jets and the Dolphins. I mean, they're winning. But I, you also got the Steelers. You got the Baltimore Ravens. You, I mean, you 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 got some teams in there that that that's the Jets when they went to the AFC Championship too. Right. But what I'm Chris saying is they're here. not they're not paying playing these teams every year. So now, yeah, to win the AFC and, and to represent and be in seven Super Bowls, that is a huge. I don't want anybody. I mean, that's just like like. Ken, I think you mentioned LeBron going to seven straight five. This, you it's can't even tougher it. in the NFL, though. Oh, it's, yeah, it's much tougher. It's much tougher. I'm not knocking them at all. They've had a great run, but do they run the NFL? No. Exactly. Because the word run implies that they they make the rules. Exactly. And they bent or broke some of the rules, and exactly. yeah, they've gotten away with it, but they have also proven that they don't need to do that to win. But we also don't know the stuff that they don't get caught, that doesn't get caught. So, yeah. so, so there's always that question mark around them. And I understand, Ken, why you want to put an asterisk. But let's Hell not negate yeah. how great they have been. As much as I don't like the New England Patriots because I grew up in Miami and I am a Dolphin fan. You know what I'm saying? So obviously, I don't, I don't like them guys like that. You know, but I do give respect and props due. Right. No doubt. I, I, no I, doubt. I, I don't know, man. Like for half of the last fifteen years since Brady and Belichick have been, and keep it. You guys know how I feel about these dudes. But but I think for the, for that, Ken, you can say, you Super can just Bowl say they were the time. You can say that they were the team of the two thousands. I mean, they didn't run the they didn't run the nineties. The Cowboys ran the nineties. They didn't run the eighties. I mean, the eighties. You had the, the Niners. No, so, no, no. I'm you know, talking about this this Belichick Brady run since they've been since they won that first Super Bowl. I, I don't know how you guys can't see that they have been like like where either okay. one or two in the NFL. Probably but, number number one. Where where were they last year? What Home. do you mean? They didn't make the Super Bowl last year. Yeah, I know that, but but. I, I guess so that's we, my point. That that's the point that me and FIFO are making. Like I, I get what you're saying, and maybe it's the maybe it's the word run, but run implies like you're you're there perennial every year, and you're chip, you're winning chip after chip after chip, and they've done that in spurts. But then, like FIFO said, there's been controversy. There's been you know uh, innuendo. There's been Spygate. There's been Deflate Gate. So. You got all of these things, and then keep in mind, and it's not to take anything because a win is a win is a win. But now they've never won a Super Bowl by more than four points, never. So, I mean, you're talking about the first three, if I'm not mistaken, were decided by less than a, like less than three yeah. points each one, game winning field goals, as opposed to the you know, and obviously Brady gets compared a lot to Montana. You know, we saw Montana put 55 on Denver in the Super Bowl. And Denver came in with this high-flying team and Elway and all this. I mean, 55. They had like 40-something points in the first quarter. I mean, the first half. So, 
Yeah, uh, you know, I, I get what you're saying, Ken. I just, nah, I can't say that they've run it. They've they've had a great and awesome run, and I think when we look back, history will, you know, it will talk about it. But I don't think that Deflate, at least, we don't hope that Deflate Gate and Spygate define this legacy. But you, it, they have a legacy. We we can't nobody, even the biggest, yeah, even the biggest haters can't can't deny that. I so, just don't know if we've ever seen anything like this in the NFL before. And to be honest, Ken, we pr- we probably won't. Not in the modern. I mean, unless things change, because free agency and the way players move around. I mean, it's it's hard enough to get a, a two. I mean, think about it like this: We saw Seattle uh, a couple of years ago, and we we were like, okay, you know, when they won their first Super Bowl, okay, this team's going to be around. This is going to be a, a dynasty. They went to two Super Bowls. And, you know, now we're talking, oh, well, we don't know. You know, the Legion of Boom, you know, they're getting old. Earl Thomas is talking about retiring. Russell Wilson, he got married. You know, you don't know what's going on with him. You know, so it's not to mention. And, and the you Patriots know, are still here. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, like, every year. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it something to be said about that. But, again, running the NFL, uh, I won't go that far. <laughs> Maybe the AFC. Can we say they Let, run yeah, a okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, uh, well, I'm I'm pretty sure the the fans in Pittsburgh will probably disagree. Um, on on the subject of Brady, man, before we get our predictions, I want to two couple of things that happened during uh, Super Bowl Media Week. I want to touch on real quick before we jump to the production predictions. Um, Tom Brady's dad made some comments about you know Roger Goodell and the fact that he doesn't think uh, Roger Goodell should even be on the same stage as his son. And then Kyle Shanahan, as we alluded to a little earlier. Uh, misplaced his note, his his book bag, which contained his playbook, um, and it was gone for like thirty minutes. From what I understand, uh, at uh, media night, uh, he put it down, and some some seventy eight year old reporter picked it up and walked away with it, and ended up finding out that you know it was his, and you know he Uh-oh. got his stuff back. And the no contents were, you know, the contents were all still in place. Uh, from Uh-oh. what I understand. The playbook is like a tablet or something, so it's password protected, so it wasn't like anything was compromised. Um, so let me get your thoughts on that, B. Uh, first, Tom Brady's dad. What do you think about his dad's comments? And then what do you think, uh, you know, Shanahan losing the playbook for 30 minutes, do you think it will have any impact on the game? <laughs> well, I think the, the uh, Tom Brady's dad's comments is interesting. It really makes me wonder – what Roger Goodell, what the look on his face, what he's going to, how dumbfounded he's going to look if the Patriots pull off and, and get this win and he has to hand them the trophy. You know, um, it also makes me think that the reason why he didn't show up to the AFC championship game, championship game, which he always goes up there and, and spend time with his buddy, Robert, Robert Kraft. So that's interesting. And then the, um, the still in the playbook, man, I mean, like it probably wasn't nothing, but just the fact that, here we get the, the AFC Championship game. You had the fire alarm pulled on the Steelers Hotel. They didn't get enough sleep. Now, like, you know, of course, with all the past stuff with the Patriots, and now all of a sudden his playbook is misplaced. It's like, wait a minute. What's going on here against a team you're going against? It could have been against anyone else. If they was playing against the Steelers, the Texans, anyone, we probably wouldn't even be like, ah, you know, we probably be like, okay, he misplaced it, whatever. But the fact that that made headlines against against the team that they're going against, the New England Patriots, you, you kind of think like, uh-oh, Patriots up today, always again, they reporters, da-da-da-da, look at playbooks, hey man, screenshot this, what are they doing this, da-da-da-da. So, you know, of course, 
we're as fans and everybody gonna be like cyanide the whole situation because it's like out of everyone you lose your playbook against, you're going against the Patriots this week, you know, in the Super Bowl in the big game. And it's like, are they doing a what you call that steel gate? <laughs> I guess I don't know. But yeah, it's crazy, man. I I find that very interesting. When I saw that and sent that to y'all, I was like, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, out of all the timing, the timing is could not be could not be better, you know, for people to be speculating what the Patriots are up to. No doubt, no doubt. FIFA, what about you, man? Your your thoughts on Tom Brady's dad's comments and uh Shanahan losing the play. Man, I you know, I feel Tom Brady's dad. It, it, you know, I'm not a father myself, but I have two younger brothers that, you know, for for a big part of my life, I felt like I was partly their dad. You know, like I, I always took that approach. So I definitely understand, man. Look, family, you got to go down with the shit. Like if they even if you if you have the, the, the smallest doubt. You got to go down with your family, man. You can't talk to the police. You don't know nothing. And you got to defend them to to, to to the end, man. That, that's just how family's supposed to do, especially a father. So I, I definitely understand. I just think that the timing of it was poor. Um, I think that if he would have said at the beginning of the season or after the Super Bowl, especially if they win, okay, fine, whatever. Because by the time next season starts, that would have died down. But right now, right before the big game, and because you know what the media is like during the Super Bowl, it's intense. It's the regular season times 50 just for the Super Bowl in terms of media coverage. So I just don't like the timing, but I understand the message and, and I don't blame him for it and especially for feeling that way. But um, in terms of Kyle Shanahan, again, timing and, and like B said, against this opponent, you're out of anybody you could have been playing you're gonna lose your playbook against the patriots man you never know the patriots might have some type of secret hacker guy that all he needed was <laughs> two seconds was shanahan's uh ipad you know what i'm saying we don't know but at the end of the day i don't think it, it really means anything okay he misplaced it we do that all the time we're human it happens so you know i don't think it's that big of a story what about you ken uh well you know, you know what, I think it's funny, man, because we've seen instances, and I'm talking about Tom Brady Sr., Mr. Brady. Um, we've seen instances in the past where dads have spoken out on behalf of, of their their kid, their son, and they've been criticized for it. Um, but yet, with this, everybody's kind of giving it a pass. You know, you guys have addressed the timing of it, and, and I think that that's spot on. I won't go into that, but I'm looking at just the way this is covered and the way that, you know, they're, and, and I, it, it almost feels like they don't want to, nobody want to really say anything critical about Tom Brady or the Patriots. And I've said this on the last show that, it feels like they messed up. They feel like they messed up when they jumped out there with the Flategate and things kind of flipped on them. Um, now it seems like all I'm hearing, greatest quarterback of all time. Everybody want to be like the Patriots. Oh, well, what do you expect? His dad's, yeah, his dad, you know, he's doing this, you know, uh, excuse me, for, he's he's trying to win this for the Flategate to prove Goodell wrong. And his dad comes out and rips the NFL. And people are like, ah. I mean, he's just taking up for his son. I think B when they said it, why do you why why didn't you say this at the beginning of the season? 
That was the perfect time. He was suspended four games. You could have said exactly what you said at that moment. So now they are here on the biggest stage, and you come out and you rip Roger Goodell. You use this moment as a platform for you to get out your feelings about Deflategate along with your son's feelings about Deflategate. Let's keep it 100. We know that what Mr. Brady said was not 100% him. How many times have Tom and his dad sat and talked about Deflategate? Probably talked about it all day and talked about it throughout the season. So now, everything that they've had, those moments, he had a chance to unload and say what Tom Brady probably feels deep down inside. Tom Brady, we everybody knows, he's the actor. He's going to play the role. He won't slip. Oh, but his dad, his, his, Tom Brady's Obama, and now nah, I'm, I'm not saying that because Tom Brady didn't go see Obama. <laughs> Forget that. Um, scratch that. I'll say that Tom Brady's dad is, is taking the role of Joe Biden. He's that hit man. He's going to go out there and say what couldn't be said by somebody else. So, and, and that's what it is. But to see the way that people are responding to this, you know, it, it's just, it's almost like it's a double standard. Oh, they jumped on RG3's dad. Oh, Cam News dad? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, Tom, but Tom Brady Sr., Mr. Brady. Well, you know, he loves his son. Come on, man. Let's let's stop it. But, you know, it's America, man. And, and this is what happens. So, but, yeah, I, I just, everything that FIFO said is right. Everything that B, is, B said is right. I'm just adding my side of, of this because I agree with what they're saying and I'm 100% with what they're saying about the father. I have a kid. I'm going to stick up for my son, et cetera, et cetera. I'm, I'm going down with the ship. My dad's going to do the same thing. But I'm just bringing some, a, another perspective to this that I'm seeing that isn't really talked about because nobody want to offend anybody. That you know, That's all I'm saying. In regards to the playbook, I just think it's a fun, it's a fun story. Um, the, you know, the fact that he lost it, I think what we're seeing from the Falcons is that we're seeing some inexperience, obviously. Devontae Freeman's comments, <laughs> Kyle Shanahan losing a playbook. And I think that what Kyle Shanahan needs to do is he needs to scrap that plan and he needs to come up with them. They're joking saying that it's a fake playbook or whatever, whatever. I don't know. I think they need to scrap that plan and come up with something else. Because I'm with FIFO. I, I've seen Scandal. I know what they could do with them damn <laughs> phones. They could put. We've seen the, the the movies right where they just need five minutes, if that. They hook it. They get right beside. They put, what? What is it? You put your phone right beside the other phone and you can copy everything on it. Right, right, yeah, right. I'm just saying. Put it on the cloud. <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think, I'll, and I'll be brief. I think. Um, I agree with everybody. I think Brady's dad's comments were very, very mistimed. If he had said it during training camp, that'd have been one thing to say it now and to say it at a time where, you know, if you look at it, there aren't really, and this actually goes with the Shanahan story. There aren't really a lot of compelling stories. You know, there aren't any, you know, there hasn't been any trash talking between both teams. Um, You know, there hasn't been a, a huge, I mean, like, 
the biggest story going into this Super Bowl isn't necessarily the Falcons versus uh, the Patriots. It's Goodell versus Brady under the assumption that they're going to win and he's going to have an awkward moment in front of millions of people uh, handing a trophy over to a guy who he suspended and, you know, one of the fellow owners that he, quote unquote, betrayed. So that's been the storyline. So his dad's comments, you know, I I kind of chuckled at him. But, you know, miss time as a father, I understand I'm arriving my kids at all time, too. So I get it. Uh, Shanahan, you know, like you said, Ken, it's a funny story. I don't make much of it because I think ultimately come Saturday, come Sunday at 630, all the talking, it ain't going to matter. You either do or you don't. And that's that's one of the great things about football. When told me leather, there's nothing that you can say that's going to change the game. You have to go out and play it. So the game plan is in motion. They know what they need to do. Um, I found it interesting that, you know, that it was a 78 year old old reporter who didn't even know any better. That mean, like he picked up the wrong bag thinking it was his. So I thought that was kind of funny. But, um, you know, on, in a week where there, were, there really aren't any compelling stories, no scandals, nobody got busted for drugs, nobody got busted for getting a hooker or nothing like that. Nobody disappeared on a coke binge. Um, you know, it's it's so they're kind of looking for stories. So, you know, these, these are two mm. stories, but they'll die down, you know, and it won't be, you know, any factor, I think, in, in what happens on the game. So let's get to it, man. Let's give our predictions. I know FIFO, you gave your prediction last week, but let's hear it again, man. Um, who wins the Super Bowl and by how much and why? FIFO, I'll start first with you. The Falcons, man. Uh, I got the Falcons. Historically great offense. They're averaging 33.8 points per game. Like that, that's ridiculous. Um, and, and they have too many weapons. They can attack you on multiple levels. Um, and also the defense is coming together. And I think B gave me this stat, or I saw it somewhere where this is, I think, the only the second time that a defense is starting three rookies. Um, mm-hmm. so you know that's 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 big. And I think that these rookies are ready for the moment. I, I, I just I truly believe in this Atlanta Falcon team. Some people are saying that inexperience could be the reason why they don't win it. I think inexperience is actually helping them out because I don't think that they're going to be psyched out. I think that once the defense have found their groove and Matt Ryan was obviously in a groove from week one, because of that, they only know that. So so I, I don't think I think that they're really, truly feeling like this is just another game. And I get that sense because of Dan Quinn. I think Dan Quinn coming from Seattle, instilling them with an identity offensively and defensively is something that Mike Smith was never able to do. And he's done this in two short years, man. They know who they are. I think they're going to come out here and do what they've done all season. I think the Patriots are a great organization. Bill Belichick, one of the best coaches to ever do it. Tom Brady, obviously, to me, the greatest quarterback to ever play. I just don't think that they can keep up with what Atlanta has to offer. For that reason, I'm picking Atlanta, and I think that they get them by at least 10 to 13. Ooh, 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 okay, you got them running away. Okay, that's what's up. Uh, B, what about you, man? Who wins the Super Bowl and why? And how about how much? Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to, I think Falcons going to make history, man, and get their first franchise uh, Super Bowl, man. Um. I just think they just gonna spread them boys out on the offense, man, and just pick your poison. I mean, you know, 
Yeah, Bill Belichick, if you try to shut down Julio, who, who, I mean, what else you got? You know what I'm saying? Like, how are you going to defend that? Um, I think the score, I think it's going to be, I think the score might be like 30, I say 35 to like 25 or something like that. I give it to Atlanta. Um, I still think Patriots are going to score. They, they're definitely going to, I'll be surprised if Atlanta keep them boys under, under 14 points. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'll be, I'll be surprised. Um, but yeah, I, I think Patriots going to still score. I think the first half is going to be close and not thinking the second half. I think, um. Uh, Atlanta going, I think they going, they going, what's that, what's that they say, they're going to rise up. Rise up. <laughs> In the second half, uh, <laughs> they going to get they, uh think they're going to get their first uh, franchise Super Bowl, man. I think that, I think that'd be great. It'd be great for the city, man, to see, you know, see them celebrate. You know, I know how it feels for your franchise team to win their first, you know, championships and stuff like that. So I think, I think it'd be good. It'd be, it'd be great for the city, man. So I, I'm, I'm going with. I'm going with the Falcons. I'm going with the Falcons to to, to to um to win it. All right, man. So here's what I got. Tom Brady, man. I think arguably I can't and won't put him ahead of Montana, but I think he's the second greatest quarterback to ever play in the NFL. Um, Bill Belichick, as I mentioned, um, I think he is he's a mastermind, man. He's one of the greatest coaches. And honestly, he may go down as, as the greatest coach uh, to ever coach, which says a lot when you consider the, the, the failed experiment in New York and Cleveland. Um, but that being said, man, one of the things that stood out for me from Bill Belichick's press conference, uh, one of his the first press conference he had was he talked about the Falcons speed. And he kept saying he if speed was a word that kept coming up. He kept saying, well, you know, they're very fast. They come off the ball. He said they fly around on defense. He kept talking about speed. And one thing that he knows that the Falcons have that they don't necessarily have is speed. Um, then I looked at the uh, the Patriots, uh, like I mentioned a little early in the podcast, uh, common opponents, you know, who the Falcons played and the, the Patriots both played and what the scores were. And like I said, the game that stood out to me was the Seattle loss that they had in week 10, uh, meaning uh, the Patriots. But over these last few weeks, here's who uh, the Patriots have played after they played Seattle. They played San Francisco. And as I, as I list off these teams, I want you to think about the quarterbacks. They played San Francisco, the Jets, the Rams, the Ravens, Ken, <laughs> Denver, the Jets again, Miami. And then they moved into the playoffs and they played uh, the Texans, uh, their quarterback situation, and then the Steelers, who – boast a, a top five quarterback, but obviously they were missing Le'Veon Bell. So, you know, they made them one dimensional. I, I said all that to say this. I don't think that the Patriots have played and, and you can only play who's on your schedule, but I don't think that they played, you know, the caliber of schedule and the caliber of teams. And you look at the Falcons who they've beaten, you know, just in the last few weeks, they've beaten quarterbacks like Cam, Drew Brees, uh, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, uh, the red hot Aaron Rodgers. So with that being said, I think they find a way. I think if the, and I'm going to say here first, if the Falcons play their game, if the Falcons play their game, if the Falcons play their game, they will win this game and they will win it convincingly. I will say the Falcons will win 38 to 24. Now, they got to play their game. Now, if they don't play their game, anything can happen. But I'm picking the Falcons to win. I think the Falcons have played their game probably for the last seven or eight weeks. I don't see anything changing. I see Matt Ryan playing at a high level. He's heard all the talk about Brady. I think this is going to be a great game. I agree with B. I think this game will probably be close. 
The Falcons have played very well in the second half of the second half of, of their games. Um, and I think they're going to blow the doors open. I, the Falcons are going to score points. I just don't know that New England is going to be able to keep up as far as scoring points. I know that they're going to score points. I just don't know that New England has enough to keep up. So I'm picking the Falcons 38-24. Uh, I think it should be a great game. Uh, it's I, it's going to be a high-scoring game, but I got the Falcons. Ken, who you got? I don't – I just don't see how the Falcons will, will stop the Patriots. That That's 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 where I'm struggling. It, it, it's, it's on the defensive side on the ball. I understand they've played better defensively. I understand that, that – that Beasley leads the NFL in sacks, fifteen and a half. Last last week, right, of the NFC Championship game. What did the Falcons' defense do to Aaron Rodgers? Mm. But Rodgers' defense was terrible. No, 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 no. We're not talking about mm. the Green Bay defense. I am talking about the Atlanta Falcons' defense against that Green Bay offense. What did they do to Aaron Rodgers? Is my question. They, no, they, no, got no, pressure, no. they got pressure on him. Exactly. No, no, no. The answer I'm looking for is they hit him. We, we're not talking about hurries. We're not talking about pressures. They hit Aaron Rodgers 13 times. 13. And we know he's a way more mobile target than Tom Brady. And I don't think that the New England O-line is that much greater than the Green Bay O-line. It, or is that is that me? Uh, w- w- no, no. no that- you, I agree with you, people. Not a question. I agree, that, people. Not a mm-hmm. question is, you know, will Tom Brady get those calls that Aaron Rodgers didn't get? <laughs> Even though some of those hits was legit, though. But you, course, you know, you know, you know how they are with Tom Brady. Yeah, we you know, know we know, his- we know. Uh-huh. We, I, I, and I get that. And yep. Tom Brady might get two or maybe three of those calls going yep. his way. He just might. But at the end of the day, all I'm saying is if you can hit 39-year-old Tom Brady two or three, maybe five times, as hard as you hit Aaron Rodgers, that changes the game. Thank you, man. That Texans game, man, it's the blueprint, man. That Texans game. Yep. Ken, you worried about you giving Bill Belichick two weeks to prepare. Right. That's, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. But Dan Quinn has been here before, man. Man, pick your pick. He's <laughs> no right. <laughs> hey, get over here, filibuster, oh. man. Saying Congress. Man, go ahead and pick your pick, man. It ain't gonna, it ain't gonna kill you. Let's go. You've been wrong before. Go ahead and pick the Patriots. No. No. I'm not. I'm going with the Falcons, man. There it is. I'm, there it is. I'm what, going what's with the, the score? What score you got? I got 31-21. Okay. I got 31-21. I said on this show that I have a sneaky suspicion the Falcons may win the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to stick with that. There it is. There it is. You are listening oh. to the hottest podcast out there, man. This Dang, is Cap- Captain Sneak. Sne- Captain know, right? Sneak going to be pissed. Oh, Captain Sneak going to be hurt. <laughs> all of us, all of us pick Atlanta. Like every single one, no one picked the Patriots. Oh, hey, he swears up and down. We never, we never picked. We never I picked, picked the, the Patriots. Patriots to win to beat Seattle that year. I'm just talking about like this this year. This like you know, I know, like, I know, I know. I know. But. So here we go. So we got this is again. This is dead end sports. Uh, mm-hmm. The place where sports opinions collide. That is our Super Bowl wrap up. Um, now let's move over to the sport of tennis, man. We had. 
Venus and Serena squaring off in uh, the Australian Open, man. Uh, the match aired at uh, 3 a.m. on Saturday morning. I don't know how many people were up to watch it, but woke up Saturday morning to the text message saying that Serena had won her third or 23rd uh, major championship, man. So it got me to thinking, man, What? and I'll, I'll start first with you, uh, FIFO. What do you think Serena Williams' dominance ranks among athletes of any sport in her era in the time that she's been playing? What do you think she ranks as far as her level of dominance? I, I think she's been the most dominant woman athlete. So that, that puts her way up there um, I, because we've ne- I've never seen, you know, a, another woman dominate. Now I'm talking male she, and female. I'm talking about any sport. Okay. 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 And any sport, I, I, I really have not seen that level of dominance. Like, you know, I would say on the physical level, you know, because I, I don't know another woman that's like her. So I have to compare her more, more to men. And mm-hmm. I watch more men's sports anyway. But anyway, LeBron James, I, th- I think she's on that level. I think she's on the Kobe level. Um, I, I she, She's up there, man. She's up there. I think she is the greatest female athlete. But when I have to compare her to men and, and everybody else, I say she's top 15, top 20. Okay. Okay. She's way up there. She's way up there. Ken, what about you? Where where would you rank Serena in her era, uh, her level of dominance? Where where would you rank her? Any sport? Mm. Um, top five. I might go as high as almost to say top three. <laughs> um, okay. You gotta think, man. She she turned pro in ninety five, dog. It's twenty seventeen. Right. And she and and let, let mind you, she's still playing at a high level at what's considered ancient age in tennis. You know what I'm saying? Cause you got to think Steffi Groff, she retired when she hit 30. You know what I'm saying? Serena Williams have won 10 grand slams since she entered her thirties. Mm. That's like considered ancient age in tennis. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So man, but, and, and she just surpassed Steffi Groff as the most female that win the most grand slams in the open era. She went two more, she had passed Margaret Court for just all-time uh, Grand Slam. So, uh, man, that's that's uh, yeah, that's crazy, man. For her to still be playing at this level, and it and it, I don't see no signs of her slowing down. I mean, unless she just decides to quit herself. But like, you know, like with Venus, we we we're seeing like her kind of even though she went to the finals this Australia Open, but this is her first time in the finals. They say I think like in eight years, seven eight years. So. You know, we've been seeing the decline of Venus. We haven't really seen no decline of Serena. Like, and just and mind you, she had a couple of years where she sat out because of injury. So just mind you, she was still healthy in those injury years where her Grand Slam titles would be at right now. So, yeah, man, yeah, I, I don't have no issue putting her probably in top three as far as this area. That, that's crazy. All right, so I just wrote wrote it out. Who 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 do you have? Name name them. If you, can you name your top three? Uh, no, I just thought of top three because I mean Floyd Mayweather. You could probably throw Floyd Mayweather name up in oh, there. Forgot about Mayweather. Um, you know, turned pro in '96, been a champion since '98, um, and no one touched him. Um, if it wasn't for his falling off from grace, I would say Tiger Woods. 
um, just because I play golf and and for him to play for him to dominate <laughs> as many uh, majors he's won. And yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, I mean, and he's still sniffing Jack Nicholson's, you know, all time majors, but he'll get it. I said he's done. He ain't gonna get um, it. Yeah, he's not gonna get it. Um who who uh, uh you know, you know, you throw you can throw Duncan in there, um um, uh, you know, Kobe, Tom Brady, um I don't know, man. I mean, I can't think like who I would rank, but I just, I just threw Serena in top three, like just because. All right, so I, I wrote out when you mentioned it. Uh, I think you make a real strong case for top three because I, I couldn't think yeah. of many other people. Yeah. Right, so I got LeBron, obviously. Um, I wrote out Brady, and I had Serena. Now I'm adding in Mayweather, undefeated. People right. can't touch him, regardless of whether you like his style or not. Right. Tiger Woods, I think, is a good one too because outside of that mess he got in, you nobody was beating him. Nobody was beating Tiger, man. That's like five. come Sunday when he wore that red Nike shirt, you better be up by like fifteen strokes because if you was only up by like three or four, it was a wrap. He was because he was, Kobe, he was, Kobe, Kobe, I mean, Kobe, Kobe had a run. But he had, he had, he had some moments too where he kind of you know tapered right. off. I like right. I like Duncan because I think Duncan once he got once he got rolling, man, he never had a losing season, right? So right, he had it was like he had like twelve straight seasons with like fifty games plus. So yeah, yeah, so yeah, so um, that's, that's yeah, like man, it's, it's tough, man. It, it's, yeah, I mean, you can even throw Roger Federer in there. I mean, he he just won his he he got the most uh, Grand Slam titles of all men. So mm-hmm. that's a good one. So, Throw Roger Federer in there. What's wrong with throwing Roger Federer in there? Um, it, it's tough, man. It's it's really, really tough looking at it. But yeah, Serena Floyd, they definitely stick out when I'm thinking like this person that dominated their sport. You know, you, you can say LeBron as well. I mean, he's clearly like just like the athlete, the freakish athlete of the NBA, man. He's been that way since he came. He lived up to the hype. He came right. in yes. with a whole bunch of hype, and he lived up to it. Since the day he first came in and played an NBA game, which is crazy, he so. showed his dominance in that series against Golden State that they lost. Yep, he, yep. He shut everybody up. He, he shut sh- everybody up. Yeah, it, it, it was over, and that was in a defeat. And that, right, right, <laughs> right. So yeah, man, you it's know, tough, man. I, yeah, I okay. Have so to you got Serena like, to top three. Down. Okay. Um, I, I man, you. The the three of you have made some very compelling oh. arguments and and uh, suggestions as to where she would go. And to be honest, I, I can't argue with any anybody that you named. The great thing about this this question is that you know, especially when you start making out a list, you could make a case that you could probably put everybody that we named that you guys named at number one. You know, whether it be Mayweather, whether it be LeBron, whether it be Kobe, Duncan, whomever, Tiger, the old Tiger. Um, but B, I'm gonna do you one better, man. I think she's number one. Whoa! I think I think Serena Williams is the most dominant. Her dominance over this in, in this period of time, and and I'm gonna give you a couple of reasons as hey, to why. Richard Williams warned us. Rich, exactly. That's first and foremost to be a young. Not only, and I remember this distinctly because I don't watch tennis like that. I watch it, you know, when the majors and stuff come, but uh, until Serena and Venus really, really started playing. I watched tennis when I was a kid because of Arthur Ashe. Love Arthur Ashe. Um, rest in peace. Um, 
but I think the thing about it was was that where they came from and you know the Williams sisters story was so incredible as to where they came from and how they came up and they they had this old man their father pushing them and I remember because here's the thing Venus was the phenom Venus was the one that was supposed to be right. the next one and right. and I remember I just I distinctly remember seeing an interview where Richard Williams looks in the camera and says well everybody's talking about Venus but Serena's the best one and people are like come on man you're crazy like her her little sister she's not better than Venus and then all of a sudden like she just came in and took over the game and so I think you give that you you look at the disease that she had a few years back which she almost died from um and then she was able to bounce back and much like what B said she's competing at such a high level at an eight I mean most tennis players are done at the age of 30 they don't keep playing past 30 and she's been able to she's what 35 36 Dude, now it, se- it seems like she's been playing better like in the last exactly. three years than she has than like she has prior to, exactly that's crazy and with with no signs of slowing down whatsoever i mean it's, it's gotten to a point fellas where when serena loses that's news like right. you know like right. it's, it's major leadoff sports center type news um, but yeah, I and now of course there 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 are going to be some people to say, oh Kyle, you're crazy, whatever, whatever. So be it. I will make a case that Serena Williams is dominance. The 23 majors, uh, she will go down, and she's not as celebrated as some of her white counterparts. So let's just keep it real. Um, but when you look at her story, you look at her struggle, look at her dominance. I would put that up against Floyd. Now, if you said Flores, but I ain't gonna argue about Floyd. I ain't gonna argue about Duncan. I ain't gonna argue about Kobe or LeBron. But I will say this much: I think she is the most dominant athlete of her era. That's what I think, and I think that's. I think you can make a strong, strong case for Serena Williams across the board. Um, so if I'm wrong, hit me up on Twitter at Twelve Kyle. I'll be more than happy to debate you and tell you in 140 characters why I think you're crazy. <laughs> so yeah man that is uh looks like it's about time for our closing thoughts as we wrap up this podcast remember uh if you haven't done so make sure that you subscribe to our podcast uh, you can find us uh on itunes stitcher soundcloud make sure make sure that you follow us on social media we're on uh, obviously twitter at dead end sports uh also subscribe to our youtube channel uh, we're on facebook youtube.com backslash dead in sports and make sure that you check us out on facebook uh, like i said plenty of instagram um we're everywhere there's no reason not to be down with the place where sports opinions collide we are dead in sports um uh, so before we get out of here let's get some closing thoughts atlanta falcons don't deviate from the game plan make me a believer i know we will rise up make look man look man bring it to the city atlanta needs it Stay with the game plan. They can't stop you. It is. It is. What about you, Ken? I picked the Falcons to win the Super Bowl, but I really believe the Patriots are going to win. Alternative facts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yo, uh, this is for Chris Correa, Major League Baseball, scouting director for the St. Louis, well, Mm. he was a former Mm. St. Louis Cardinals scouting director. Uh, yeah, man, he got banned for life for the hacking scandal that went down between the Astros and the Cardinals um, in 2011, I believe. 
And um and he's done. Yeah, he, he, he got he got the he got the Pete Rose, man. Um he he been banned for life, man. And it, it's it's interesting how much people don't care about baseball. I think that's the big takeaway I have from this is that here you have this big scandal that's going on in baseball and nobody's talking about it unless you follow baseball. And baseball season right around the corner and a couple of people are covering this story, but nobody's covering this story. I'm like, we're talking about a hacking scandal that happened in baseball, and nobody cares. This guy's been like banned for life after pleading like he pled guilty in in federal court to five counts of unauthorized access of a protected computer, and it's a blip on the radar. <laughs> Incredible, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, I, and, I and he's got to do like four years in jail, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I believe so. It's just, it's just, in, 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 it's just crazy to me, man. But the only thing I am seeing the people, people are saying that they got off light with their, uh, with their, with their penalties. Um, you know, I think they lost, they lost uh, two top 2017 draft picks and two million. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I, I just, I just wanted to highlight the fact that here we go. Like, imagine if this happened in the NBA or NFL, they we we talked for years about mm-hmm. the freaking deflate gate, <laughs> deflating footballs, and we have a hacking scandal in baseball and nobody cares. It's incredible. Just shows you where baseball is, Ken. Yeah, man. That that, that you, you took the words right out of my mouth, people. Uh, B, what about you? You got your final thought yet? Okay, so. <laughs> My final thought was basic is basically well. First of all, I want to give shout out to Roger Federer. I think um, I think over the last twenty plus years, I've witnessed probably two of the greatest male tennis players and Pete Sampras and Roger Federer, and him just being thirty five years old, just winning his eighteenth major, being the all time uh, males of an open era. So I think that's dope. <laughs> Secondly, just real quick, and I don't want to start up no topic and like that, but me and one of my best friends was having a having a. Uh, not really an argument, kind of like an agreement. Like, is is Mike Tyson overrated? <laughs> um, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, um, B, don't be blasphemous. <laughs> blasphemous now. I was just we was we was both agreeing because who are Hall of Fame boxers he's beaten? I uh, wait. What uh, Spinks, right? We have to do this another night, man. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Wow. That's my final thought is more like a question. Like, is Mike Tyson overrated? Like, I'm going to put that, I'm gonna put that Ladies and gentlemen, the answer is no. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If you look at, the, you look at people he's beaten, he beat, okay, Spinks, Larry Holmes. We all knew Larry Holmes was washed when he fought him. We all knew. Same way when Larry Holmes fought Ali. We all knew Ali was washed when he fought him. True. Mike Tyson really didn't rebound after he lost to Buster Douglas. Let's just be honest. Let's just be honest. And he lost to a nobody. He was on Coke. We 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 ain't <laughs> going off that. We just going we going overall. Is Mike Tyson overrated? That's hey, all I'm saying. You, you, did, did, he, did he recover after he fought Buster Douglas? Well, you know what, B? I'm not gonna argue because you said it's your final thought. So yeah. yeah. That's my final thought. Is Mike Tyson overrated? <laughs> uh, my final thought, man. Um, we've said this 
probably for the last few months. And I think where we are as a country, as a society, as the world, um, you know, we hear dead end sports. We, 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 we always try to do our best to stick to sports um, because there's other places that you can go if you want to get a political slant. Um, but we're in a we're in a particular time where you really can't talk just sports and not politics, not bleed into it. Um, I found it very interesting these last couple of days uh, how Tom Brady, uh, the guy who stuck a hat in his locker mm. that said "Make America Great Again," managed to avoid all kinds of questions and play dumb when reporters asked him about his relationship with. Uh, your man's in the White House. Um, so I think the thing here that we have to understand is that there was a particular time where people didn't take a stand, where people didn't take a side, if you will. Um, I think we're in a time where you're almost forced to take a side or take a stand or, or at least at the very least have an opinion on things. Um, this past weekend, there was a uh, enactment of a travel ban uh, from seven Muslim countries, and it bled into sports because there were basketball players uh, that were playing overseas, the American-born basketball players overseas that got stranded because they couldn't come back to the United States. Um, so we're in a political era, and my thing is this, my message to Tom Brady uh, we don't know what's going to happen on Sunday. We've already made our predictions. But if that's your man, stand up for your man. I mean, if that's the guy that you voted for, stand up for him, ride for him the whole way. Because, And don't worry about drawing a line in the sand because you already have. So we're in an era where, you know, like I said, on this podcast, we're going to talk sports, but understand that politics will bleed into it. So when you see a Martellus Bennett say, if we win the Super Bowl, I'm not going to the White House. That's what it is. When you see a Russell Wilson saying that he doesn't think Trump will make it four years because he thinks he's thinks he's going to get impeached and he thinks that the travel ban was, quote unquote, stupid. That's what it is. When you see a Kyle Lowry say he thinks the travel ban was, quote unquote, bullshit. That's what it is. That's where we are, man. It's the time of politics. We're going to talk sports. But you best believe we're not going to hold our tongue and we're not going to put up with BS as we move forward. That's going to do it for us, for Ken, for B, for FIFA. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Dead End Sports Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Peace.